When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This episode is brought to you by one of our favorite people on the Facebook page, a man that we both know that we all know and love as Don. Uh, you can follow him uh, on Twitter. I'm not even gonna try to struggle through this last name, so we're just gonna spell <laughs> out his Twitter account here. It's at K L A S S E N D O N one. Go ahead and follow him on Twitter. He's a blast. We love Don so much. Him and his houseboat. So go and follow Don on Twitter. And now let's talk about a movie. Hey, one quick thing about Don. Um, his last name is Classen. It's not even hard to say. All right. I was good. <laughs> and another another quick shout out for Don. Um, if you are a, a, an Instagrammer, he posts some awesome black and white photography as uh, Don Klassen. All right. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Seriously, going to need some paper towels and wet naps on this week's episode because we are going on a sexy road trip with Hell Comes to Frogtown. We got sperm, tons of sperm, really too much of it. It goes everywhere, and if you don't believe us, you can just ask this sassy black doctor lady. Mm-hmm. I approve this message. So strap on your explosive cod piece wow. and please, for the love of God, don't touch your fucking earrings because it's horror movie night. Uh, so this one... What, you don't like my sassy black lady? <laughs> <laughs> Only if you're going to be talking about Flavor of Love Episode 3. <laughs> Season 2, Episode 3. We didn't send him a reminder, to be fair. He asked us to remind him. Uh, Alright, so we're talking about How Comes the Frogtown, which was picked by our very own Adam. Uh, so, Adam, explain yourself. When I saw the trailer for <laughs> How Comes the Frogtown, 10... Years ago, like a decade ago, <laughs> I I didn't think I'd ever get the opportunity to see it, let alone the like 
25 fucking times that I've seen this movie. Wow. Well, wait, wait. This is this is historic. This is actually a film that you've watched before choosing it for our show. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I I had, I pre I rewatched it again just to get a couple of notes of maybe like some small things I might have missed. But <clears throat> I could scene for scene tell you everything that happens in this movie. No fucking problem whatsoever. I could tell you the characters' names. I could tell you the frog people's names. <laughs> 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 I love this movie. So, um, so yeah, forever ago, I think it was on. Uh, I, I forget where I saw the trailer, but uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. I had like I was like sixteen or something at the time. I had just seen like They Live, so I was like super excited that Rowdy Roddy was in it. Super excited that there was frog people in it, and then I, I mean, I didn't know that there was going to be so much rape in it. But that's kind of a total theme for our show here. So it all fits in well. That's perfect. So have you seen no, 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 the no, sequels no. and it, spinoffs? What? Yeah, there's oh. a return to Frogtown. And then uh, it looks like there's a guy that made some Frogtowns too. that's just trying to cash so, in on it. So here's here's the exact wording on Wikipedia. The movie's called The Toad Warrior. <laughs> it was released in 1996, but then re-released as Ma- Max Hell Frog Warrior in 2002. But according to the director, Jackson, the film was intended as a standalone story, and this is my favorite sentence I've read in a long time. It used, an improv- uh, it used a technique known as Zen filmmaking in which no scripts are being used. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got another name for that, and it's called shit filmmaking. <laughs> Just making it up as you go along, filmmaking. But, but check this out: IMDb Toad Warrior gets a two point nine star rating, but Max How Frog Warrior somehow bumps up to three point four. <laughs> Change the name, people are gonna like it. <laughs> oh Jesus! All right, so. Let's talk about uh, Hell Comes to Frog Town, which I, I don't have a ton of notes, but I've got plenty to discuss uh, about those. So <laughs> all it took was one dramatic croak in the beginning of this movie to remind me how much I like this film. <laughs> um, the movie starts off with a, a masked individual lying in the desert, and uh, there's a bit of a, a scuffle, and then a gunshot is fired, and the camera zooms in very slowly into this masked individual's face and you're waiting for him to like take off the mask or say some badass line and instead he just croaks like a like makes a frog croak and then it just immediate credits and i'm like this is the best way this movie could ever start um you know i think i'd like this movie better if it just ended right there (laughs) (laughs) that was the pinnacle of the movie for you no, I just mean this movie is garbage. And I just wish it was over. <laughs> All right, so so you're not a fan of our our hero Sam Hell, uh, who is oh known known rapist, yeah, Sam yeah Hell. The, the pussy grabber as I like to call him. <laughs> Which so here's the thing that's super weird about this movie, and I mean I don't know enough rapists, so maybe this is uh, normal. But like when you the, say you don't know enough, are you saying like I don't know enough? I wish I knew. More. <laughs> I wish I wish there was more. Um, so. He's depicted, and when they, when they first reveal him, it's like, this man's just been raping across the country and impregnating women all willy-nilly. Uh, and then, uh, but then, like, throughout the rest of the movie, any time that they're like, yo, have sex with this girl, he's like, I don't feel so okay about this. Like, he has, like, a weird 
morality code suddenly about like well, here's the thing is not only is he known a known rapist we know that right from the start but shortly into the movie they tie a woman up drug her and then force him to rape her as well so it's like no one in this movie is cool they're all bad people they're all terrible terrible people and only to make that scene worse is that the tied up girl Fu- is just fucking loves it. Like the next morning, she's just like, "Thank you so much, Sam," with like a big old kiss and smooch on the face, and then moving on with her life. It's a very confusingly awful premise. And, but I don't like. I don't know. I feel like I feel like the rapist thing was just something that they added in because they're like, we need a reason for him to get arrested in the beginning of the movie because it doesn't seem to really define anything else about him throughout the rest of the movie. Um, but apparently he has some insanely high sperm count, and after yeah, they go, they say that his sperm in his own count is the highest they've ever seen. So they're going to let him off the hook for all the rapes if he agrees to join MedTech. Is it? I think MedTech? it's MedTech. Yeah, and just so they're going to let him off the hook, uh, and he just has to impregnate as many women as he can for them. So they're going to go on a road trip. They're going to go into Frogtown now. They have to cross a border. They have to go across border patrol. It's him, it's Spangle, and uh, the other chick has a ridiculous, ridiculous name. What is her name here? Her name is... Hold on, hold on, hold on. I actually have it. It's just later on in my... The hot one with the slick back hair, right? Yeah. Ah, shit. Sentinella. Sentinella. Which makes her sound like she's the DJ in fucking uh, Salt and Pepper. (laughs) <laughs> salt pepper and centinella um, that would be sweet if she was uh she's the only nudity in this movie as far as i recall i was only like half watching it this morning but well, they uh, wanted they wanted spangled to do nude scenes but she refused once the time came she was like nope the for the we're skipping ahead and don't bring this up yet but the dance of the three snakes they wanted to be naked. don't um, don't jump into it because we've we got lots to talk about there. we won't that's an important uh, scene um so but they're going to cross the border into Frogtown, okay and she hands the border guard a note and i kept trying to see what was on the note and i finally paused it i gotta look at it it's just a piece of paper in the middle of it is just printed in big words the word pass in big in big letters <laughs> So, and there's nothing else, nothing else on the paper. Just says pass. That's all it says. Uh, that's that's amazing. Um, so the next, the first like legitimate note that's not plot line based that I have written down is it just says what the fuck even is that nightgown? Um, when they're first camping out that first night and Spangles trying to make sure that Sam is aroused, she's wearing this weird like camo bikini underwear <laughs> she just kind of yeah struts around and, and like when she turns her when she turns around the lace like covers her whole butt and it's like flapping around in the wind I'm like, That's, <laughs> you wanted to turn him on with that what uh but she's not allowed to bang him she's just there to, to make sure that he's you know still still got some some bullets in the chamber or whatever and uh then the one military chick's like i'm feral but i just i need to know if you live up to your reputation which is again like it's insanity <laughs> that it's just like he's not he does not have a reputation as a great lover like, he has a reputation as a man who forces himself upon every like, woman he comes across unless he's being you, asked you, to you guys you guys think this is hilarious i just think this is really outdated and offensive yeah 
Oh, it definitely just, is. Just but I think it's it's comedically just like missing the point. Like because there's a thing, there's a point in this where I can't help but think of of one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Roddy Piper, reading this script and being like, "Yep, you know what? I'm walking away from wrestling. This is the movie I need to make." And like, you know, thinking he, I, I believe he really thought this was going to be it. This was going to be the movie that was going to like send him out into the stratosphere where he would never have to wrestle again. He would be as much of a big name actor as Hulk Hogan. Uh, as far as like wrestling turned actor, uh, and I don't even know if this movie. There's no way this movie was like a even remotely a box office success. Like this had to have barely even been in theaters. No, I can't see that. I can't either. They're so far detached in their approach to rape, like they just don't understand it or like see. It's just so absurd. It's just absurdity. It's is all it is, Scott. That's the only reason I find it so fucking hilarious. Is that you create a movie where the main character is a rapist and his and he's forced by women to be a rapist in this world where mutant frogs exist? Like, but see, this funny, is what, but this is it's like funnier on paper than it, it is in real life, though. Like, this is like I could have done without all of the the movie before they actually get to fucking Frogtown. Because once they get to Frogtown, the all the rapiness kind of takes a backseat. I mean, obviously, it's still there. And at the end, he, like, then has, like... they So they save this hair... Oh, okay, I'll get to that. Um, yeah. so, so, so was this the first movie that Roddy Piper did? I think it or may have been. You, this is before they live. I know that category. Yeah, okay. All right, all right, because he's basically playing the same fucking character. But, um, <laughs> any case, uh, so so um, you know, like it's pretty uncomfortable when they're going to Frogtown. I actually didn't know if they were going to make it, if that was an actual place, or if the whole movie was just them in the desert finding vagrants and forcing him to impregnate them, and then the women are like thankful. I, uh, if that had um, been the movie, I never would have picked it. This would have been another no, R squad, and we just never would have fucking movie, touched. But the thing is, is that to the frog to, to Frogtown, Hellman and company are an R squad. That's what they are. Yeah, but see, here's the thing that, and I keep stressing this. I really think that the element of him, I genuinely believe the element of him being a rapist is like a last second addition in the front of the movie because doesn't really make sense with the rest of the film at all. I get what you're saying, but I have to disagree. I think it was the first fucking thing that they put in the screenplay and promptly forgot about because they're all doing massive amounts of blow. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. I guarantee there was cocaine on the set. Now, how the, uh, now how the frogs were able to, to do it. guarantee that. Everybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you Here think a go. sober mind pick- came up with hell comes the frog down? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can fix this. I can fix this. At the beginning of the movie, where he's tied up to the chair and the dad's going to kill him because he had sex with the daughter, if they hadn't said, oh, the daughter's recanted her story now that she's found out she's pregnant, if it had just been, you know, Sam Hell had had... By the way, his name's not Hellman. His name's Sam Hell. But if you want to call him Hell Man for the rest of the rest of this I mean, recording, no, no, no. I'm I thought, totally cool with it. Are you sure? Yeah, it's Sam I'm Hell. Are you sure that he re- was referred to as Sam Hellman? In the in the um, when he's getting checked out and has the codpiece put on, does no? 
no, it's Sam Hell. That's the whole point of the title is Hell comes to Frogtown. I, I know. That, no, I fucking get that. Come on. <laughs> well, the first You're thing. messing with me now. The first thing no. they show is a documentation that says, Wanted Sam Hell. So Yeah, but isn't that his nickname? And then when he gets into. I'm not. Listen, I, I, I'm arguing this just for the sake of arguing. I don't really care to go back and watch the movie to find I, out. I want to consult uh, IMDb. I'm almost, I, I'm almost positive that there's documentation or like his arm bracelet or something in the in that scene with the the the, the black nurse that is telling him about like oh you're gonna go do this and we're gonna blow your balls off if you don't or something like that and I'm almost well, positive that he, I saw Helmet because I just assumed his name was Sam or Sam Hell Sam yeah Sam Hell. Yeah, I, I was like, oh yeah, Sam Hell. Yeah, he's coming to Frogtown. That's the name of the that's the name of the movie. But then I was like, oh, but it's like a shortened version of his real name. Well, I've yeah. watched this twenty five times. You probably watched <laughs> it three quarters of the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, there's only one quote that I had to pull uh, out of the movie and write down to make sure I remembered to bring it up. And it's, I've been trained in seduction techniques. Um, with, <laughs> yes. With, also, where, don't rust your diaper stud is a pretty good line. <laughs> I would like to put that line directly in front of "You're not responding to my manliness" from uh, <laughs> from student bodies. From student bodies. Uh, yeah. It. Um. So let's let's go ahead and let's get to Frogtown. Let's get to Frogtown. We, we meet Farmer we Vincent. We get to the bar and we're introduced Farmer to. <laughs> <laughs> Also known as Looney Tunes, Farmer Vince. Looney Tunes, and he's there, and he's a little Rory Calhoun. You see him standing there <laughs> like a bunch of little Rory Calhouns. <laughs> His old man teeth are so white, it really kind of broke my suspension of disbelief. I can handle people in shitty frog costumes, but those pearly whites just really bug the shit out of me. Um, the, the one frog that's wearing the beanie cap, or whatever, the like, you know, the cap that, like... Uh, uh, Apu or not Apu? The little monkey wears in Aladdin. What are those? Caps Apu. Apu. Oh, the fez. Fez cap. Yeah, he's got yeah. a little fez cap. <laughs> oh my god! I did not know where you were going. With that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matt. You helped me. I pulled me out of a jam there. <laughs> okay, that one particular frog costume um, looks just like the Goombas from um, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Absolutely. You know, yeah. here's my only, here's the nicest thing I can say about this movie, is that like, they actually did a good job on those costumes for it being a B-movie. You know, like, the the face, co- the, the facial prosthetics actually aren't complete garbage. Yeah. I don't, I, no, it's not I, bad, but you can also tell why they waited an hour to show these things in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, when they get to that Frogtown bar, I can't help but think how much money was required to actually film this movie when, like, it's just a cocaine dream. That's all this is. Like, it's a shitty pun that some dude who was snorting his brains out was like, we can make money on this. Yeah, I, I, We need to make money because we're running out. Damn it. Of cocaine. So, poor, poor fucking, I mean, not poor, he, he was a whatever, but Roddy Piper... Um, you know, this came you think out. That Roddy Piper bankrolled this. Well, here's the thing. So Roddy Piper, this movie came out in I want to say '87 or '88. Like, I, I thought it was '86, but I believe you. Yeah, but like right around then. Um, so when I started rewatching wrestling, 
I started on the first episode of Raw, which aired at the tail end of 1993. And the first time that they bring out Roddy Piper, he's being made fun of by Jerry Lawler. And all Jerry Lawler talks about is the movie Hell Comes to Frogtown. So, like, <laughs> seven years after the fact, they're still bringing up this movie to him. Like, hey, yeah, you left to be in Hell Comes to Frogtown. Like, it's so meta. I don't even know how I feel about that. <laughs> like, he could not escape this decision. They never bring up They Live because they know that that was actually a good movie. But Hell Comes to Frogtown. Yeah, no, yeah. it's flawless. Um, okay, so so uh, Spangle gets taken by the frog people, and Rowdy gets knocked out. Now, the tables are turned here because a frog woman is now going to try and rape Rowdy. <laughs> yeah, she's... So, I actually thought that it was going to happen, too. I was like, oh, Adam picked this because that frog is going to bang Roddy Piper. Nope, she's <laughs> just one horny toad. <laughs> like... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Matt, you can go to hell. <laughs> I want to quit the podcast. That pun was so bad. <laughs> you because it was so good and we'll never top. <laughs> well, I mean, we're gonna top that like that. Toad is gonna top Roddy Piper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but you can't follow that, Scott. You can't follow it. Dude. I'm not trying. Trust me, I'm not trying. So that was really good, Matt. I, I'm very, very proud of you. I'm gonna give you a nice little butt tap when we see each other in a couple weeks. Um, <laughs> but the. Um, the next scene is the harem scene, and you guys can't—you guys cannot sit there and tell me that that scene isn't so weird and uncomfortable when they're most, like most of this movie is weird and like, uncomfortable. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like it, but it's weird and uncomfortable in every way, shape, or form. I mean, we're getting to what's the highlight of this movie. It's the—it's the moment that everyone remembers from Hell Comes to Frog the Town. Dance of the, three the dance of the three snakes. So it, why are they snakes though? Because they're toads. They're 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 frogs. They're amphibians. Like it's not analogous, really. Snakes are not even close to being a frog. Well, Here, take 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 this line. Have, have this line. It'll all make more sense in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to say something, but you meant cocaine. Okay, <laughs> yes. Matt, you um, cut that. <laughs> Cut that cocaine. I believe the Im- implication. Yeah. I believe the implication is that this particular frog has three penises. Oh, wow! This is blowing my mind. Like that time we blew Adam's mind when we told him that uh, that brain damage was actually about drug abuse. Or that time that you found out that Johnny Depp was in Tusk. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I still but... think that's like a show off. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, on, on your Facebook the other day, you said something about you didn't realize a movie was about drug addiction. What what was what was the movie you were watching? Um. Oh shit! <laughs> what was it? Uh. Oh, The Fly. I think the David Cronenberg's The Fly is definitely an allegory for drug addiction as well. All right, I don't feel so da- so bad about brain damage anymore. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like you should still feel bad years later about brain damage because the alien is literally pouring blue piss onto that dude's brain, giving him a high. What? How did him- they do that? They never show that in the movie. <laughs> yeah, they actually show that fifteen times. <laughs> You're fucking with me. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, cut all this. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> so good. I have 
punching bag of the group today. Um, so here's here's so the implication. Okay, he has those three snakes. He has three penises. He fucks them to death, right? Most likely, yeah. Adam, <laughs> unless what? this movie, <laughs> unless no, unless he had like a huge group of them of of women there that he's been like tearing through them because i think they they managed to get all the girls out that they meant to get out they they saved them all and i can't live what's well i'm saying like they saved like eight or nine girls right what did he steal like 50 girls he must have been fucking them and if he fucked you know 40 of them to death and they're only getting like eight of them out then yeah but i think they they got out everyone they meant to get out by the way these girls are damaged goods for the rest of their lives. They got fucked by a frogman with three penises. This is terrible. They're probably but I don't so. Think that Sam Hell really cares because at the end he is so excited that he's going to get to have sex with everybody. He's, he's like gonna... got the well, kind of like you know, shrug and look at the camera, freeze frame, credits kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I honestly expected like the first time around, I expected the movie to end with him being like, "No, I'm in love with Spangle now." And I only want to be with her, but nope, he's just going to keep on, he's just going to get down to fucking, he's totally okay with it. I'm he's so glad that down sex. to fucking is still a thing that we say. It's a thing that we say, not that we do. <laughs> I can categorically say that that is factual on my side of the room. Um, so, <laughs> so then, like, I, I don't know why, I, I blanked out the last 20 minutes of this movie and all of a sudden there was an explosion, um... Because the last 20 minutes of the movie is Fury Road. <laughs> yeah. It just falls I, apart. I, honest to God, on YouTube, and I'll send you the link to this, somebody has spliced together scenes from Hell Come to Frogtown with the audio from the trailer for Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> and it works <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh, it oh. absolutely does. Because this is, this is 100% probably the best, worst Mad Max ripoff movie. Like, it is that many Mad Max ripoffs, though? There's a pretty decent amount. There's one that I keep considering picking for for the show, but I want to rewatch it first. Called uh, Exterminators from the Year Three Thousand. Um, wow! Don't pick that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, I've seen that. Don't pick that. Okay, really? You're not get, we're not getting a lot of material out of that. <laughs> if the guy that picked Rotor says don't pick it, don't pick it. Okay, fair enough. I will step away from it. I'm stepping off the cliff. We're not going forward with it. Um, is there anything else we have to say about Hell Comes to Frogtown? Not really. He gets attacked by a chainsaw, but the guy never... He has to, like... The chainsaw runs out of gas, and he's got to put it back in. Blah, blah, blah. He saves Spangle. He saves all the girls. They go on a car chase, and then they blow up the frogs. Yep. Movie's over. <laughs> Movie's over. Um, so... Oh, wait, wait, wait. So, I have one question. So, they, the, they, they kill the bad guy who's in charge of Frogtown. It doesn't mm-hmm. change that there's still going to be a bunch of frogs. No, there's right? no frogs. Yeah, yeah. So, so have you guys seen any of the the sequels? Do they have like oh, fuck no. other frog it's... warlords that they need to fight? Uh, let me. Yeah, is there like the bullet maker and the uh, <laughs> the other guy? <laughs> let me take. No, a look. I don't know. I've never seen the sequels. The sequel has an even like a, a dirt poor rating on IMDb and stuff. And it's she just... returned to Frogtown. Yeah, I can't bring myself to do that. Starring... And I'm sure as hell not going to watch the Zen filmmaking ones that the other guy did. Let's see. Starring Lou Ferrigno. Oh, <laughs> so, all of a sudden, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> Let's see. It is directed by the original director. 
Uh, let's see. Someone else has replaced him. Uh, oh my god. Oh my god. You're gonna watch it, Adam. What's happening? Roddy Piper's been replaced by Robert Zadar. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, yeah. I remember when we did Maniac Cop. Yeah, oh, Robert, shit, yeah, Robert Zadar plays the main character, Sam Hell, in place of Piper. In the film, Sam Hell infiltrates Frogtown again to rescue Texas Ranger, Texas Rocket Ranger, played by Lou Ferrigno, who crash lands. Uh, and what me- Wait, so... So, Robert Zadar, like, does he have... What, what, what disease... Oh, cherubism. He actually has a le- legitimate medical condition. Do you guys feel bad now or no? Nah. No. <laughs> he's a movie star. He was in some of the greatest movies ever made, man. Ah. Uh, he was in oh. Maniac Cop and he was in uh he was in Samurai Cop too, actually. <laughs> oh my god. He was also in a movie called Hot Chili. And uh, he also did so. So the director of Hell Comes to Frogtown actually made all three Frogtown movies. He also made the Toad Warrior. So this was oh, this was his franchise. That is such a good name for a, a sequel, though. <laughs> it is a great name for a sequel. Holy shit! The cover for Max Wait, Hell Frog Warrior looks horrendous. Look, look at that! The Toad Warrior. They're blatantly telling you they're ripping off Max. <laughs> That's why it's so funny. It's oh, perfect. My God. <laughs> 91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers? Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. Yeah, that's all I've got. <laughs> so, yeah, so what did you guys? Enough. What did you guys watch this week? Since we're talking about movies with nobody that's and even remotely likable, I'll go first. Um, just last night, Megan and I watched a film that got rave reviews in 2016. Uh, have you heard of it? It's called The Lobster. I have I, heard, I have of, it. heard of it. Yeah, I've heard mixed things about it from people who've actually seen it that aren't critics. Yeah, um, I did not like it. it uh, Megan liked it because it was different, but this is the best way that I can explain it. And it was two hours, and it felt like you felt every second of that two hours. Um, it was like the Dance of the Three Snakes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was excruciating. Because take all the awkward dialogue and personalities in a Wes Anderson film, okay? Take away any um, any charisma that that might give the movie, and you basically have everybody in, in The Lobster. Now, for anybody that doesn't know, the, the concept behind the film, which I was, I was totally down to watch it. This wasn't like she twisted my arm or anything. It, it's a dystopian society where... Everyone has to be in a relationship. If you're not, you go to this hotel where you have 45 days to have a new relationship form with other single people. And if you don't find somebody, if you don't make a match in that 45 days, you are turned into a, uh, an animal of your choosing. So Colin Farrell um, with a, a weird fat belly um 
goes his his wife leaves him or something and he has no personality like it's basically like Colin Farrell's his 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 method acting was just to take like four Xanax a day. He just is super awkward and has like no lines. Um, and the and he goes to the hotel. His wife leaves him, and he decides that if he doesn't get through the program, he will become a lobster. Um, and and so he goes through the program. Whatever. Uh, I'm not going to give anything away, but. Um, Everyone in the movie is awful. Everybody is totally selfish and just mean. Just everything is just terrible. Like the the all the factions of society are it's it's straight dystopia. Like it's made like a Wes Anderson Children of Man. That's about as best as example as I can give. Um, it, it, there's one redeeming person. It's Rachel Weiss, um, but. You just have to feel bad for for the whole movie. So, yeah, that's what we watched. And um, I don't know why it got such great reviews. Because it made me squirm. Because uh, it's, like, really dark. It's It's got some really absurd Wes Anderson awkward funny moments. But they're very few and far between. Because most of it is people just doing really dark shit to each other. Um but it's uh, and it's it it overuses the slow mo. There are like four scenes that are three minutes a piece that are all slow motion. It's it's crazy. I just I don't know, man. It is a really really weird film. And um, if anybody that's listening has seen it and would like to give their two cents, um, give me a reason to to not be so dismissive of it. Because like last week I talked about the Vivich and it was. You know, like, I, I like that movie. I, it's not like I don't like smart movies. I just don't get why people thought, like, why critics thought that The Lobster was so good. Um, well, I'm actually, I'm looking at the IMD, IMDb trivia for that, and uh, it's saying that, actually, in, in a previous iteration of the script, another person had gone through that program and decided to turn themselves into a frog. And then there had been a nuclear war. <laughs> Thank you so much. I was I was actually like getting into a really depressive sp- spiral thinking about the film, and you just brought me right back out. So I appreciate that, Adam. The right. only way that I could enjoy a movie like that if, is if they took it to its absurd conclusion, and you like you totally <laughs> you like did crazy shit. People were turning no, into animals. No. They don't do any. You don't see anybody change into an animal. It's it's straight. It's the most negative down movie I've seen in a very very long time. Uh, so I watched a documentary. Uh, I got it through the Netflix disc because I'm one of the few people that still gets the discs in the mail. Uh, I highly recommend it, especially to the two of you. Uh, it is called Machete Maidens Unleashed. <laughs> um, I got it what? because it is the first documentary from the guys who did uh, Electric Boogaloo, The Rise and Fall of Canon Films. This one is all about Roger Corman and all of the other filmmakers who started going to South Africa to use their cheap um, film stock for like the 70s and 80s and that whole like exploitation era that took place in just movies in the jungle. Uh, it is... Absolutely fascinating. It's delightful. 
And if you're on our Facebook page, I took a an interview clip with uh, John Landis out of context and posted it in there. Um, but it is a it, if you like documentaries for the same reason that I like documentaries about film is that it's just kind of like a it gives you either a a memory of a movie that you've liked and hadn't seen in a while, or you end up walking away with like ten to fifteen movies that you kind of want to take the time to Netflix and and uh, watch later, then I highly yeah. recommend it because there is a lot of, of good garbage in there. I just discovered a movie called Up From The Depths that is apparently one of the many Roger Corman Jaws ripoffs oh, that I didn't know yes. about. <laughs> I've heard about The Depths. I'm pretty sure that's on YouTube. Oh, I will need to watch that as soon as possible because that thing, they, unlike Jaws where they had shark issues, uh, the issue with this was that they only ever bothered to make the face of the monster and nothing else. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, kind of excited to see that movie. That that got put onto my must-see list very quickly. Um, that's all I've got. I believe that time on the clock says that it's time for some uh, flavor of love. See what I did there? Uh, he has a yeah, clock around his neck. You know what time it is. <laughs> All right. Um, I just, I just don't want to end up repeating myself and having the audience be like, "No, you already told us about that episode." So, do you guys remember I told you how at the first elimination ceremony that girl shit on the floor? Yeah, and then you said yes, that and he... then she got kicked out the next episode. Yeah, because right? he couldn't no, deal no, with he it. He let her stay the next episode. What? Yeah, he was like, you know, you shit on the floor, but I think you're cool, so I'm gonna let you stay. Okay. Okay. You guys remember? Okay. So Scott's making me nervous because he said that that girl got eliminated. So let's see, hey, audience. If I'm, I'm repeating myself, I'm sorry. I'm pretty but this sure shit you said gets older. I'm pretty sure you <laughs> said that she got eliminated at the end of episode two. No, okay. So then we must have done episode three because he does finally eliminate that girl <laughs> at the end. He goes, you know, I was trying to get over the fact that you shit on my floor, but <laughs> I just can't get over the fact that you shit on my floor. So you got to go. <laughs> So let's uh so yeah that's where that ended. Of course everybody's doing terrible awful racist things, eating fried chicken, getting drunk all the time. The show is just the epitome of fucking trash. It's terrible. Uh it doesn't portray anybody in a good light. It's <laughs> just so bad. So episode 4 uh opens with Flav waking up in a bed with two of the girls from the house in bed with him. Did they have sex? Did they do stuff the night before? I don't know. Kind of heavily implies they did, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, to continue the dehumanizing of these women even further, the first limit, like the first competition that they have to do that day is everybody's got to give Flav a strip tease. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so they're sitting in the living room of this mansion at like 10 in the fucking morning. They're doing this. Everybody gets on their skankiest outfits. They got to give Flav a strip tease. Um, now, blah 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 blah. Uh, th- honestly, the show, the show is like Saw or something. <laughs> He's trying to convince them to kill themselves. <laughs> I think on next week's episode, Flav is gonna tie them ass to mouth like end to end end, something to see who gives up first. So, uh, all right. So the elderly goblin, I mean Flavor Flav. He's, he's, you know, making them all grind on his lap and stuff. And he's holding a bullhorn the whole time he's doing it. And he's just screaming like, yeah, woo, into this bullhorn. Just awful, terrible, terrible stuff. So uh, Flav makes this one girl do this crazy, um, fr- or, uh, 
Oh, so uh, the one girl wins the elimination, and he builds it up. He's like, we're going to go to one of my favorite places. It's going to be amazing. You're going to love it. And he builds it up to be this awesome, fancy thing. Uh, but that obviously wasn't in the production budget because he just takes this girl to <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken and they eat KFC. <laughs> oh, my God. God damn, that's awful. That is so awful. This is- All right, so – so one of the two girls that had spent the night, uh, you know, sleeping in Flav's bed accuses another one of the girls of having sucked his dick throughout the night. And uh, the girls are like, well, did you did you see this happen? And she goes, no, but, you know, I could hear it. And they're all like, well, what does the blowjob sound like? And she's like, starts <laughs> <laughs> making all these noises. And shit. So uh, the girl that gets taken to, to KFC. Um, oh, two girls won the stripping elimination. So the one girl gets taken to KFC. The other girl. She gets to go picking strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like it's it's this is like vastly different. It's like you're choosing favorites here, Flav. What the fuck? It's so cruel to do to people. Uh, oh my okay. god. So it turns out that it was a really bad idea for that girl to have started the blowjob rumor. Um, because it turns out that she had talked to the girl, you know, that she had accused of, of giving a blowjob, and it had admitted to her that she had done a bunch of porn. <laughs> so, a really bad idea to make an enemy out of that girl, because um, she goes to Flav, and she says, you know, uh, this girl told me everything, she's been in, in porn, this is her porn name, she told me the production company she worked for, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so Flav's like, okay. I gotta go do some research on the internet and uh, blah blah blah. So it takes us all up to the elimination ceremony. So at the elimination ceremony, he asks the girl, "Like, have you ever done porn? Is this something that you've ever done before? Be honest with me." And she says, "No, Flav, I've never done that before, not in a million years." And out of his coat, he literally pulls a computer printout uh, <laughs> picture of her naked with two fingers in her pussy lying on her bed. And he goes, oh, no, you've never done porn before. Okay, I believe you. And so that girl gets eliminated. Everybody, you know, knows what time it is. And that's the end of episode four. <laughs> wow. So, hey, I have a question. Do, um, <clears throat> do you think it would have been a lot funnier if he would have had the production company, because they obviously were in on it, um, if he would have had them find a DVD case of the porn she was in and pull that out of his coat, be like, what about this? <laughs> or if he no, found, I like, a, found I like a VHS was, tape like, in the woods and was like, yeah, I found this out in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Flame's like, well, uh, you know, I want to think about this. Give me a second. He goes on a real introspective walk and he just finds the porn magazine. <laughs> 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 so oh did i tell you by the way that the name of the production company that makes this show is called mindless entertainment yes you brought that up every time God damn it. all right perfect fuck it off <laughs> so I'm, so we're all caught up we're all caught up to episode we're up to episode five i i can see where i had you know written down one or two notes for episode five i must have got depressed and shut it off so, <laughs> um, i will this is i'm gonna start continuing the series again I'll watch some uh, some episodes of Flavor of Love sometime this week. Get some notes jotted down for the next time we record. Um, Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so that was Hell Comes to Frogtown from 1988 as picked by Adam. 
Uh, don't forget that you can always submit your picks for what you'd like us to watch by emailing us at hmnpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like a shout-out in the beginning of the episode, just like we threw to our buddy Don in the beginning of this one, you can always go to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash hmnpodcast, and send us a donation. Uh, we're not asking for a ton of money from people, in all honesty. I, I, if, you can, if you can't spare the money that we have on the different things, that's totally fine. Um, but if you are able to throw as little as a dollar a month to us, it goes a long way, and it's allowing us to do this podcast in March, uh, March 10th. The three of us will finally meet each other. Uh, we're going to be working at convention, and I am, again, about 90% sure that we will be doing some type of live podcast from New Jersey, Philly area, uh, which should be really cool. And there's a lot of stuff going on for possibly us getting out to the West Coast for a convention in Los Angeles, but we're still working out the details on that. Uh, thank you guys for all of your support. Is there any other way that you can follow us or listen to us, Scott and Adam? Yeah, absolutely. You can always find us on Twitter at HMN Podcast. We're always on there, interacting. Let us know what's up. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We always post new episodes. What about you, Scott? Uh, you can go on <clears throat> our SoundCloud, soundcloud.com backslash horror movie night. You can also listen to us rate Review and subscribe on iTunes, and uh, you can send us emails uh, to hmnpodcast at gmail.com. As long as you have some sort of spicy story for us, we'll read it on air. Well, Matt will read it on air and probably butcher your name. Probably. <laughs> Thank you guys. Uh, I'm, I can't pronounce this name, so I'm just going to spell it out. S-M-I-T-H. Smite? I don't know how that's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> a Marto. Uh. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with something else to discuss. So have uh, some pleasant dreams. Ninety-one Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers? Listen to Ninety-One Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 